This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's J-Rock's Lawn Care and Gardening podcast. So this one is titled Lawn Care, What It Takes, and it is episode number 22. Now, before we dive into this week's episode, I just want to tell you an absolute shocker that I've had over the last, you know, 48 hours. So basically, we're talking earlier. For anyone that's been listening to me long enough through the podcast or through YouTube, you'll know that audio has always been a problem, as in, you know, getting my voice across, uh, i.e. mics. And this is just icing on the cake really so what i found i bought a mic it's called movo m-o-v-o and i've been trying to use this mic for videoing for about four months now four months of youtube videos and what i've been doing is i bought an adapter one of these little apple ones from china it wasn't the legit apple one you know it saved me about three pound i was buzzing and um what i've done is i've been using that to video my my videos and it comes with a windsock and all the rest of it. So yeah, I thought I was the dog's bee. And anyway, I've been doing these videos and I've still been able to hear wind noise and the audio still hasn't been great. And I started thinking, what's going on here? So I wanted to upgrade it. I've been speaking to a couple of great guys in the industry. Premier Loans over in Northern Ireland and also Fully Charged Gardener, who's here in the UK. Sorry, they're both UK. Over in England and... Basically, I was asking them advice on mics, and they both told me the same one. What was the was a road mic? It's a brand for those that don't know. And anyway, so that came. You know, I spent nearly two hundred pound on it. That came and plugged it all in. No difference. Didn't work. And it wasn't until I started testing it, where I've been basically tapping the mic. So as you can imagine, the um, the the vocal scale, I suppose, seeing if that would go up and down. And guess what? It wasn't. Then you'd blow into the phone microphone, even with it plugged in, and then it would go up and down. So what I found is the new one wasn't working. So I thought, you know what? I'll try it with the old one as well. And it turns out four months of using a mic for videos and all the rest of it hasn't been working. So I've been walking around like an absolute dafty with this mic with a big windsock on top, taking videos and stuff. And it hasn't even been doing anything. So I've been absolutely fuming. So after all of that problems and then, you know, feeling like I wasted some money, I went down and all I ended up taking is I had to buy the legit Apple adapter. This is the sort of aux cable to, you know, lightning, whatever it is. And now that I've done that, it started working. So, you know, over £200 back and, you know, the original mic would have been absolutely fine in the first instance. But hey-ho got a better mic now and hopefully the audio will get better for those that watch my youtube videos as well as podcasts as well so sorry that's got nothing to do with this video but it's been an absolute dilemma because actually on the back of that this episode you're listening to now i actually recorded 35 minutes of yesterday and it wasn't until i pressed the stop button where i figured out that the audio was absolutely terrible so then i've had to scrap it and delete it because i just don't think it was fair to push out to you lot that I know enjoy listening to it on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whenever it might be in the week, but I know there's some years that love listening to it at the start of the week uh, from when you start work. 
and I just don't think it would have been fair for you two because it was diabolical. So that's been the problem, but hopefully this one's going to be a bit better, and uh, yeah, we'll get through the episode, no worries. So that's how I've started my week badly. Uh, if you've had any mess-ups, anything that's aggravated you, whatever it might be, drop me a DM on Instagram, and uh, we can have a laugh about it, because you've got to do that at the end of the day. So this episode is Long Care, What It Takes. Basically where it came from is I had a question on Instagram, and it was along the lines of what was the most unforeseen hurdle when starting your business and the answer to this quite simply for those that hasn't looked through my um, my Instagram feed was time and what I think the problem is and you know a lot of you are going to resonate with this that are solo owner operators or even you know have a crew whatever it might be and uh, it might be quite new to you or surprising if you're just a homeowner and you're just a hobbyist. And basically where this comes into play is time has a massive part in it. And for however long you think you're going to be working for, let's say you go solo owner operator because you only want to work eight hours a day, right? That's you know paid work, what you think in your head. You know, that's not how it works. And you don't really f- figure the full extent of it out until you actually start working. And I'm sure I've got more to learn already. But just to give you a brief overview of it, it's not just the time on jobs, because as I've spoken about before, yes, you might work eight hours a day, right, with your loan care gardening business, or that's what might, you might have planned into work. But you've then got all the travel time in between, you've got all the movement time, you've got if you need to stop off for, you know, fuel, whatever it might be, and all that's not paid work. So although you might work eight hours a day, you're not getting paid for eight hours a day. You're getting paid for 20 minutes here and an hour there and 30 minutes over there and it's something you need to really be aware of because that isn't when your working day finishes sadly within it and the time that we don't expect is the fact that you're the one-man band you you are everything so cutting the loans is you taking the consultations in the first place is you taking calls whether it's in hours or out of hours because quite frankly some clients ring me up at eight, nine o'clock at night and say, oh, can I take on these services? And in the beginning, I was making this mistake of taking these calls on and having a full-blown conversation forward slash, you know, pre-consultation on the phone at half eight, nine o'clock at night when I should be sitting there with my family, you know, watching Peaky Blinders or something, you know. So all of this eats into it. When you finish work at the end of the day, if you haven't managed to stay on your invoices throughout the whole day, it might be that when you get back at home each night or once a week, whatever, you sit down and you've then got to do your invoices. Yes, it doesn't take hours and hours and hours if you stay on top of it, but still, it eats into time. It's unpaid time. And it's all admin that you need to do. So there's so many factors where this just eats in. And there's so many more other examples as well. You know, if the vehicle breaks down, you need to take it to a garage and that's you out for a bit. That takes time. Same with a bit of equipment to you know, wherever you might need to take it to get serviced or repaired. That takes time out your day. And it's just all factors that just add up that you're unaware of. Even the consultations, for myself, I don't charge for a consultation. They are all free. But if I do some of them on whenever it might be, it's unpaid time, you know. And quite frankly, sometimes it's on a weekend when I when I manage to bulk a good few of them together and I stick them on a certain day, it's, it's normally a day when I don't have any work, so it all just sort of gathers up. So that was a, the answer to that question that I had 
on Instagram, but it kind of got me thinking because it got me thinking into this sort of uh, this podcast where it's unforeseen hurdles and what much more beyond that is there because quite frankly time isn't the only one and so in this I'm, I'm talking about what it takes right and in my eyes that links the sort of unforeseen circumstances and what then tra- that transpires into to be able to create such a person that can actually withstand this type of work because I am this massive believer on the fact I don't think anyone can you know we we say oh yeah anyone can go into it you know all you need is this this but you know you can have all the tools and everything but if your mindset isn't right then I don't think you'll last in this job yes you might do two three four years but I don't think if you're not fully committed I don't think you're going to be able to make a career of 15 20 25 years in this trade if you're not willing to do the following or if you're not part of the following so that's what I'm going to be talking through in this podcast but first I just want to touch on the almighty all-important podcast reviews as you know i like to read them out at the start of the episodes where i can luckily this week we have received another five star gracious review uh, so i just want to share that with you and this one is from andy ubuntu garden maintenance andy i hope i've pronounced your last name right there you know i get it all the time with mine and i hate it so if i haven't then please uh, correct me and at least i know for future but he has written the following I've been listening to Sam's podcast since the beginning and learn more and more every week. I've started my solo business in January and find myself relating to so many of the topics Sam talks about and learn so much more about the trade. I even find myself re-listening to the pods on the jobs just so I can fully understand and may even have experienced something he's spoken or dealt with. Sam does some awesome YouTube videos too that I would highly recommend. Keep up the awesome content on here and YouTube. You'll have me listening and watching for a long time still. Wish you the best in your business for the future. Cheers. Andy, you too, mate. Honestly, thank you very much for writing that very kind worded review. It really does, you know, massively help. So I am very appreciative of that. Um, so going on here. So the unforeseen hurdles go hand in hand with what it takes to be able to do lawn care and gardening. So the first one, I want to talk about conditions. Now, for me, there's a there's a memory that sticks out in my head here, and for anyone that does work outside, it might not even be in lawn care and gardening. You might be, you know, elect not an electrician, but you know, working on like the pylons and things like that, and have to be out in all weathers. And quite frankly, one jumps into my mind, and what it was is last November. Uh, it was mid November, and it was absolutely tropical. What the job was itself was a, a very large border installation so basically this lady moved into the sort of old farmhouse and it had maybe around 500 meters squared of lawn area but she didn't want just grass she wanted it all filled with plants and she had all these gracious ideas the problem with it with it being so big is she wanted these very large she wanted almost more borders than what she did grass so she wanted these borders cut like curved into now if you're struggling to imagine this then and you listen to this on the Saturday, then please have a look at my story. Basically, when this releases at seven o'clock in the morning, I'm going to put on my story pictures of this job, and you'll understand the sort of size of it. But this job was installing these borders, and because we needed a turf cutter, everything had already been paid for. We're talking in excess of around. 140 pa- 145 I think it was 
for the delivery there and back and for the turf cutter hire. Now, anything like this, just so you're aware, anytime I have to hire a large bit of equipment that costs, you know, a decent bit of money, I always charge that to the client and, you know, we speak through it beforehand and I, I ensure that they're happy with it. And in this case, she absolutely was. There was no bother at all. But, so we already had that on order. It was already getting delivered on its way out, but it was tropical. And I'm telling you, if you remember mid to the end of November last year, it must have been two, three degrees. Yes, it wasn't, you know, freezing temperatures. I'm not going to tell you war wounds, but it was freezing. You know, and I put in, I remember getting there from half seven. You know, it was still dark when I got there. And I never left till half five that night. And the whole day was just turf cutting myself and then rolling up the turf and dumping it. Basically, the the way the property worked was they had a large front garden each side of this farmhouse. And then across the road from it, they had like this irrigation ditch between the end of the road and the farmer's field. Now, that ditch was technically her property. So she was just saying, look, any turf you take out, you know, chuck over there. I'm telling you. And weighed a lot by the end of it. So I got there, got my wheelbarrow out, working hard as you like, and it was just soaked. You know what it's like within an hour, your waterproofs aren't really waterproof anymore, and you're just out in it. So because it was such terrible weather, I didn't really take stupidly, I just never really took a break at all that whole day. And the only time I did would be to have a swig of coffee um, from her because she, she did take care of me that day. But it got to the point about half five where she was like, look, Sam, just because there was other bits of turf I needed to chuck into the ditch. Everything was cut out and all the rest of it. But she was like, look, just go home. She was like, this is awful. And she was even telling me that if it was any other day and she hadn't appeared nearly 150 quid on a turf cutter, then she would have just sacked it as of, you know, the first thing. But because we'd already paid for it and it all went through, we stuck the job out. But there's so many people that in that instance would have, you know, either taken the hit with the money it went, look, I'm happy to lose it. Um, or we're gonna have to just cancel and change it to another day. But you've got to have that in you to be able to see the horrible conditions, know that you're gonna be out your comfort zone for so long. Um, well I know it's only a day, and trust me, being in the military, I've I've been in, you know, soaking clothing for four, five, six, seven days at a time, you know, it's not a nice feeling. And I think maybe part of that uh that military experience of being learning to be outside your your comfort zone is really trans transformed into an ability to sort of get through a lot of things, and especially with long cane gardening and being out in the elements, because it is such a big, it's such a big part of it. Um, and anyone that knows or that have, that has been in it themselves should know what I'm talking about here. But it goes down as far as you know humankind. You've got to think back as far as you physically can. You know, we've tried to stay warm and comfortable. You know, humans, we've went from finding caves to now building solid houses to be safe, warm and cosy. To being able to find to create fire to now have gas and electric heating and all the rest of it. So, at a like, click of a finger, you can have instant heat in your house. And just as humans, we evolve, quite frankly, don't we? We move forward, we evolve, and quite a lot of the time... We're there to, we chase comfort or comforts, whether that's, you know, clothing or whatever else. And this is part of it. There's people that I don't believe can separate that from themselves. You know, I do honestly believe there's people in this world that refuse to go out on a rainy day. 
that they'll refuse to you know step over the door if they don't have five layers on whatever it might be and you know with jobs there's also people that refuse to have outdoor working jobs there's people that just want to be desk bound and look no beef to you that's you know that's brilliant if that works for you and you enjoy it i'm not saying anything against that but what i mean is for them type of people that that's their interest that's what they enjoy that's what they want to do brilliant hats off to them but i'm not if they try and come over to this type of industry i don't think they're going to be able to do it so if you're someone that's sitting there and you know you've only ever had a nine to five that's been indoors and you've never been in a really a particularly uncomfortable situation then i would suggest before you do make the leap and like throw everything to one side to just go full-time lawn care gardening i would suggest that you maybe dabble within it with it a little bit you know start taking on work and even when it's terrible weather you get out in it and you you get used to it quite frankly that you just stick a jacket on and you try and get through the days because it'll get to a point where i don't think you can rely or you've got no choice but to do that um just to be able to make your living and to get by so really i'm getting at that there's two people and two types of people within this sort of world and you've got to have that willingness to get past it and just to be in this business in the first place so apart from that we've also got lawn care in general so by this what i'm sort of talking about is the reasons why you might actually like lawn care in the first place and i think there's a slight differ here between those that are at home uh, doing it as a hobby because quite frankly i know when i was doing that you wouldn't you wouldn't ever go out in the rain and and cut you wouldn't ever everything's a bit more specified and there's there's no time you, you couldn't your lawn on a saturday when you've got all the time in the world that you ever might need and you know that's brilliant but doing it as part of a job there's a, f a few things that you need to be able to sort of keep to one being sort of attention to detail you know them smooth edges and crispy stripes you know you, you're offering that for a client and you need to be able to sort of stick to that so other than that you've got to be able to in my eyes see a property and have the the urge to seek to improve and by this i mean seeing alone and you know how terrible it looks but listening to the client's vision almost and being able to know the best way to to make that happen and from there that really takes us to knowledge you know to have that base knowledge in in how the grass plant works how you know how the garden as a whole works whether you're going to dive into plants and horticulture then that's obviously within itself you could either learn through doing one of your horticulturist uh, qualifications or even just reading up through the rhs more or less every bit of information you need to know about pruning or you know anything along them them lines is all on the rhs website it's a if you haven't already then i would say dive into it and maybe read a web web page a day or something or about a new plant a day and you know start taking on some new knowledge other than that if you've not got horticulture in the front of your mind you've also got uh, courses and i've touched on this before and this is a an extra one that i'm going to do through this winter is a 100 hour turf care course now you're not getting degrees for this right you're not going to be able to walk in and be a you know a golf course manager or you know head greenkeeper i mean or anything like that but what it's going to do is it's going to give you a better understanding and i think as professionals we need we owe ourselves this opportunity to not just stay stagnant you know and we've got to sort of seek to to improve there's a uh, scott from se landscaping on youtube and just a little shout out to him 
he's he's been in the trade for a long time and from what I've seen, I mean we've never spoken numbers or anything like that, but he's doing very well there. He's very successful. And, you know, probably more of a hobby than anything else. He's still always have like new shows and, you know, events where he, he can build on his knowledge, see what's new, see patterns, you know, all the rest of it. He just seems to ever forever be taking on new kit, moving with technologies and forever growing. And, you know, I think it's such an important trait to have that you should take forward. Then other than that, you've got, you know, like sport, te- sport turf specific courses as well. Or you could even do some greenkeeping courses if that's, you know, what you so wish. But there's a lot to it just to be, to have lawn care in your mind and to want to sort of build and to go into it. Now, when I started out, as I've spoken about before, it very different, really. I always felt very underqualified. And this is me being completely honest with you. And when I very first came into it, and I just went from a hobbyist, because I've spoken about my story with it before, so I'm, I'm not going to really speak about that now. But the way I found to learn the, the jobs or the techniques that I needed, that I required to, to be able to do this as a job, I learned through sort of how-tos on YouTube and articles on Google and books. And, you know, I dived into sort of whatever free learning resource I could get to be able to gain this knowledge. I don't have everything I learned through, like I say, all these free means. It's something that you absolutely can jump into. And even if you've been in the business for 10, 15 years, I think you could still read an article somewhere and learn something new. So it's all very much apparent for us and it's still it's all out there. And if you're in between and you're not sure if you'd ever want to do this as a job or really never given it two thoughts and you listen to this from a hobbyist point of view, then maybe try, you know, reading a bit more than what you're doing. So instead of just like how to fix this, lean into the actual biological side of it a little bit more and learn more about the turf itself and, you know, by doing what process might give what outcome and, you know, a bit more finer things about the plant itself and just the business side as well, just as important as. So there really is a whole scope for you there. Now, what else for what it takes is, and this is my third and really massively final point on this, is self-confidence. Recently, I was asked to do an interview for a very well-known engine manufacturer uh, that I am not going to name the name of just yet because I don't know how that works. Nothing huge, but it's basically like an article that I'm going to be doing an interview in. And, you know, one of their questions that they end up asking me was, if you were to give some advice for someone that's just starting out in the business, what would it be? It was something along them lines. And my answer was quite simply, just go for it. Like doing something is better than doing nothing. You know, if you're just sat there and you're thinking, oh, I could do this, but what if that happens and this is a fallout? Like I want to take on this new service. I want to start power washing, but I don't have a clue about it. I've never done it commercially. Or, you know, I really want to start pruning roses, but I, I don't know where to start. I don't know if you're going to, you know, do it at this angle or if you're going to cut from here, whatever it might be. You know, just do it. Do something. Whether that's even you not doing that actual job, power washing, pruning, whatever it might be, but you've taken the step to just learn about it, then you are m- making your way in that process to being able to offer it one day. Because let's face it, if you just talk your way out of it, then you're getting nowhere. 
So they're really the, the three things. It's having that, that final one, just having self-confidence in yourself really wraps up this whole thing. And businesses in general, you, if you're not believing in yourself and being your number one fan, then who can? You know, who will? And how are you going to be successful if you don't believe in yourself? So they're the three things really. And it's just, I hope that ties in and it isn't too much of a rambles away. I mean, actually, the other side on that is your machines as well. I just want to talk about quickly. Your initial setups and all the rest of it is something that you need to be thinking about before you actually go ahead and start because when you start bringing into like budgets and all the rest of it, it kind of narrows down to what you can and can't do. Like You cannot start a tree care company off two, three hundred pounds like I did. You know, you're going to need a decent chipper probably. You're going to probably need some form of chipper trailer uh you know set up there where you can carry on this sort of work you're going to need all the rigging systems all of that isn't cheap you know chainsaws themselves aren't even cheap so you need to be sort of realistic with it and if you have got a limited budget you need to be very you need to be willing to work at the bottom you know when i very much started out i really wanted the whole setup straight away you know you know more trim and blow sort of thing and quite frankly i couldn't afford it i had like I say, I invested in that cheap trimmer, trimmer, and I had that mower, and that was me. The other brush I had was an £8 B&Q brush, and that was my blower. Uh, so at the end of every job, I would sweep. You know, instead of walking the property once over and blowing it like I do now to ensure that everything's as clean as I can leave it before stepping off the property, I would more or less brush the whole property, anything that was a hard surface, to you know so it was i was leaving it in a good condition and you know it took me a good few months before i got to the point where i could put that brush away and i could pick up a blower and it's really not cheap because just to give you a little insight here if you are thinking about it for a basic sort of mid you know mid to high ranged more blower strimmer let's just say husqvarna still something like that you're probably looking in a region of twelve to fifteen hundred pound just for them three items. You know, a mower, a professional mower, somewhere around seven hundred pound um onwards, you're probably looking at uh for around about a nineteen inch. Then the blower you're looking at somewhere between two fifty onwards, two hundred onwards, and then strimmer again you're looking at anywhere up to sort of two fifty onwards. So and then obviously if you want a, a cheaper setup and go for sort of you know, your lower off brands, I don't know, like Titan or something like that, you're probably might maybe looking at sort of five, six hundred quid between the three items. Obviously, you can buy second hand as well, so that is always an option. But what I'm getting at is it's still a factor you need to consider before you make a decision of going for it. Because if you don't just want to do the basics and be maintenance, but you want to dive more into actual lawn care, then, I mean, I'm pretty happy and this is, you can do this as well. You can hire out equipment. Okay, this one we're about going to the next. But if you wanted your own setup to rely on yourself is what I'm on about, then you're not going to be able to do that with next to no money and do it on the cheap. Because quite frankly, an area I knew, you're looking almost two grand onwards. I think the cheapest one I've actually ever seen is WeBang has a one. And I think that's around 1850, 1900. And that is for it's like a rotating uh, uh, drum, you know, holotine area. So instead of it going straight up and down, sort of like your LA-25, see Cummins, um, this one sort of rotates around and it 
it leaves a bit more of a how do I, a cut in the lawn rather than just a solid hole. Uh, but yeah, so you've got to think about the kind of equipment you need. But what that kind of comes down to, all in all, is where's your where's your vision for your company? Like, what do you want to actually specialize in? And this is all stuff that you'd obviously be thinking of before you actually press that big red button and you go, right, I'm going to go for it. You'd obviously, you know, cross your T's and dot your I's. So don't be put off by the things I'm saying here. I'm just trying to give you a bit of an awareness of if you are looking to kind of jump into the trade or if you're in it and you're looking at starting a different side to it, it's just some tips into it. And just, it's quite frankly, not a how-to podcast this one, but it's more my opinion on certain issues. And the feedback that I've been getting from you guys through doing this podcast is that a lot of you are feeling the same way or at some point or another, you know, you're interested in listening to it because you felt this way back in the day, you know. So even if this is not apparent to you now because it's the decisions you need to do, it might be giving you a little throwback almost to being like, geez, I remember when I had to do that or I remember this mistake I made or whatever it might be. And that's what this podcast is about. It's just sharing opinions so when I say you know get in touch and all the rest of it if you've got something you want to be pushed to like on the show either let me know that you want to be a guest and we can you know talk through your story or tell me that you want me to talk about it quite frankly and I can get it get it out there as well uh, but we do have quite a like I've spoken about in the last few episodes we've got a bit of a list I think we're about five six people that are still yet to come on the podcast sort of between now and you're probably looking at between now and December so that's probably one every two or three podcasts we're going to have sort of a guest on soon so that's a plan anyway but please just bear that in mind about the the basic and initial setups and the more advanced if you're going a bit more specialized right so moving on from that point there the last thing I've got speak about here or answer is on the Wednesday after I done them questions, I had a feeling that not everyone had sent them through. So I put out a post for those that had seen that I was going to answer some questions uh, for those that missed out, basically. So here we go. These are some questions that were left on the Instagram that I can answer. So the first one was from Matthias Mays 1991 and he asked, what sort of jobs do you do throughout winter? So for myself, I've tried to focus basically on cleanup jobs. So last year, I just sort of chilled out with it a bit. I took a few few weeks off between 23rd of December. I stopped the works and then I took it off to what, you know, mid-January almost. And when I kind of came back in with mid-Jan, Feb, in around all the snow and weather dependent when I could get out, focused on garden cleanups because what I found is there's a lot of people that don't manage to get in touch with you pre-November. So when you're starting looking at doing all these last cuts and you know putting the gardens to bed before you leave them for the season, a lot of people don't get around to that stage of actually ringing someone. And what I think happens is they wake up just before Christmas or you know New Year, January, and they're speaking about what they're going to do in the garden the next year and all the rest of it, and they go, wow, it's a state out there. So they get in touch and then they basically want to knock down and cleaned out. So last year there was quite a few jobs that I had that was still cutting grass, you know, mid-January and pruning things back, pulling shrubs out and just cleaning out areas so that when spring did come, they could then start to develop their garden the way they wanted it. So cleanup work's a big one. 
general pruning work you know january february you've got sort of roses you've got apple trees uh just different things really on these larger plots as well on some of the larger ones there wanting some heavy cutbacks for this season so there'll be a look quite a lot of time spent this year on sort of the couple of acre plots that are going to just basically they've got more than enough work to carry me through the year so that we're going to be taken care of then if you don't have then then i would uh, them sort of jobs with the bigger properties or the garden cleanups coming through then you've also got hedges um, as long as there's not any heavy frosts and beyond that pressure washing things like that that you can still get stuck into and you can still turn a, a decent profit around with uh, so i'm going to be pulling that into this season for the first time as i only just brought pressure washing to my services sort of as of this year so i hope that kind of answers your question there the next one that i have here is from chapman outdoor solutions and he asked favorite motivational audiobook now chapman i do not actually listen to audiobooks so although i pushed out there for years it's not something i've actually got wrong to jumping into too much uh, just yet the way i listen to sort of any audio format is either through youtube or through podcasts and uh, my favorite person by far that motivates me has to probably be that's within the trade has to be keith kelfus i believe he's got his own audio uh, audio book out uh, the employee blueprint it's something along them lines I haven't listened to it yet but i've heard great things about it and you know this is a guy that he was very broke when he, when it came where he was working for this other he was working for an employer at this big firm and i think people were getting promoted around him and he was busting his ass off and he'd come home from work and he had like you know eviction notices and all the rest of it on his table and you know things were kicking off between him and his other half and he thought look i just can't do this anymore uh, and he quite frankly he was sick of it so he went out and he was like look i'm starting up so he started landscaping and window cleaning and i can't remember the numbers but it basically he landed a lot of clients very quickly within the first two weeks it was something like a hundred clients or something mad and from there just kind of snowballed forward and now he's really successful uh, he's doing really well for himself he holds himself quite high on youtube as well as offering all these courses to help other entrepreneurs come through within landscape and all the rest of it. So he's a big one that I listen to. Another one that I show a lot is Gary V. Uh, he's got one called, he's got an audiobook out, and that's going to be brilliant as well. But again, I just listen to all his talks on YouTube. So I find them very motivational. Hearing the hard truths works a lot better for me instead of fairy tales. You know, I like to hear, stop being, like, stop wasting time you know i like it straight down the middle and then you know just crack on dude this is what you need to do it's within you to move on and anyway both of them are very straight talkers and the the talk about it how it is so them are two big ones there next one we have lane 8201 and he's asked my loan is lower in some places can i just put topsoil and then seed to level it up now lane you're asking me this in october so i would say definitely don't do it now uh especially if it's not turf your lane if you're going to be replacing it with with turf before you i know you've said seed there but if you're open to using turf then what i would be doing is cutting a patch out around that dip so let's just say for instance it's a meter by meter it's a meter squared uh i would be cutting that patch out removing the turf sort of disturb the soil you're almost going to be rotating the soil raking it through 
either then build it up with topsoil to the height that you desire and and put down uh, some turf or leaving it till now spring I would do the exact same process but then lay your seed just make sure as you're building up that profile to sort of even out your garden just make sure that you do keep on healing it and compact it in as you're building the layer now I'm not talking about you know smashing it with a massive heavy tamper but just either heal it with your boots or roll it lightly all this is going to do is it's going to stop that once it starts getting soaked it's going to stop it all naturally sinking and you're just ending up with that dip again it might not be as savage but that's what will kind of happen so you need to make sure as you're adding layers you're then sort of compressing it in such a form just to be able to build it up but if you're doing it this side of christmas then i'll be doing it with turf if you're doing it the other side of christmas then do it with seed you just want to make sure them temps are high enough where it's definitely going to germinate next one is from hazafulton 77 and said important to add fertilizer after seeding question mark yes so in my books so i've done it both ways i've done renovations and put down seed without any fertilizer at all and it's taken absolutely fine and i've had great results and equally using a pre-seed fertilizer i've had great results as well but what i've found is if i am going to use a fertilizer what i always do do now just out of good practice i always put it down either at the time of seeding or about two weeks afterwards just depending i have never actually put down a pre-seed fertilizer pre-seed at all so you know you might want to test it you might want to do a couple of test patches in you know just even little plant pots and see what works well or best with the seed and the fertilizer you're using and you know make your own little test and see what germinates first or you know if you take my advice i would stick down something that's kind to it like a pre-seed fertilizer at the time of seeding just make sure you're not using a random fertilizer that's got bags of iron sulfate and anything like that because them two just don't agree uh, second last question here is from lee sims 41 and he's asked advice if you're thinking of starting up yourself so lee i think i've pretty much answered that most of it in this sort of podcast but if i could give you any bit of advice it's like i've said just go for it just do anything is better than nothing if you're un if you're really unsure about doing it all and it's a massive career switch then what i would advise is doing some on the side first get yourself some equipment that you can sort of build up and you can double in it in just the odd evening on the weekend you know it's close knit you can keep it as small as you physically want to i'm not going to name names here but there's someone else on social media that picked all of this up and wanted to see what it was like offering it as a service and i think he literally took on two clients uh for quite a long period of time he took on two clients and he was pretty set at that point just to be able to earn whether it was a bit extra money or to get a feel for it so you can really make it as big or small as you want but actually probably the best bit of advice i've got for you if you are just starting up yourself or thinking of starting up yourself is get everything in place as best as you can and as professional as you can before actually before the first day of you on the ground you know knocking on a door to do a job you know make sure that you're on google my business so that as soon as you've done that first job your reviews can go straight up your before and after pictures make sure that your instagram if you've got a business instagram and facebook that them three platforms google instagram facebook are all in sync with each other so they've all got the same type of logo your branding's the same your naming's the same and it's going to just start being a it's a good 
uh, it's good practice basically to have everything in alignment across all boards of whatever social media you're using. Same with kit and equipment, make sure that you've got everything that's needed for the type of jobs that you're going to be taking on. And also just market, market, market. If you're looking to go into it and you're looking to, you know, really jump into it straight away, then I honestly believe as long as you market correctly, you'll be able to, you know, bring work in, no problem whatsoever. So whether that's you start your marketing campaign through like MailChimp and you end up gathering some email addresses so you can do email campaigns or whether you're doing Facebook ads, paid or organic. You know, there's so much on this uh, that you could just, you know, that I could talk about all day. But just have everything in place, uh, admin-wise, before you actually go into it. Make sure you load it up, all of this sort of stuff. I hope that answers your question. I have got some podcasts towards, you know, the, within the first 10 episodes of these podcasts that if you haven't been that far back, then have a scroll through because they're very much sort of business-related and starting up, you know, all the key things. So that was actually the last one there. The the only other one I had through is three emojis was a smiley face, blushing face, and a happy face. But, you know, that isn't much to talk about. So, yeah, that was basically the last one. So to that end, thank you very much for joining me on this week's podcast. It's forever appreciated. If you get a chance, go check out my YouTube channel, smash subscribe, and if you can, leave a review on this podcast, I suppose. But, yeah, any questions at all, feel free to either get in touch through my email address, what is jrocklc at gmail.com, or you can just direct message me on Instagram. Either is appreciated, and you know, if I can help you in any way, shape, or form, I'm always here to do so. So, have a fantastic weekend. I hope the weather actually gets better for you, and you know, good in it next week. I hope you smash it, and I hope just everything is well. So, take care, everyone, and we shall speak next week. Ta ra!